um, I, I want to um, share from everyone's favorite book of the Bible, uh, the book of Nahum. Um, we all love the, the book of Nahum, don't we? It's, what, it's, it's one of those books that, you know, someone's kind of, you know, make up a, a book that's not in the Bible but sounds like it should be, then the book of Nahum. But it actually is a real book in the Bible, so there you go. Um I want, I want you to cast your mind back for a moment. Um, I, I, I'm trying, trying not to speak for too long tonight because I've also got um, a prophetic word that I want to play you. Um, I'm not kind of a big one for like sharing uh, prophetic words because there's so much out there. Uh, but I really did feel that this was something that was really uh, kind of pertinent and, and really spot on for, for what God's wanting to say and do in our nation and and this has really kind of gone uh, gone viral over the past uh, past few weeks online but um, if you cast your mind back to um, January 2020 can everybody remember that far back um, th- there seemed to be um, a real kind of a buzz and excitement because we were entering a new decade and there was this real kind of sense of expectation that God was going to do something powerful and so you know a lot of people were kind of talking about the roaring 20s and it was not going to be just a a new um, kind of season but it was going to be a new era and that we were really kind of entering into a time when God was really going to pour out his spirit and his glory and if you remember Jared wrote that book 500 that God was once again about to do something uh, significant in our day and our nation and we all got excited amen Uh, and then since then what's happened everything's been a bit rubbish hasn't it let's be honest you know it's like these winds of turmoil are blown throughout the world in fact you could perhaps even uh, trace it a little bit before that uh, we kind of have Brexit over here and we had uh, you know Trump in America and whatever side you're on in either of those things I'm sure we can all say that they were really divisive moments in in the world and you know even you know I know I know a church that split in America over the the 2016 election um, you know because some were on one side and some on the other and then of course we've had the pandemic we've had the war in Ukraine and I can't call it the cost of living can I because Sandra doesn't like that but that what is it the the in- increase basically we've not got any money um um, and it seems like, you know, every time you turn on the news, there's more upheaval, there's more chaos. And it's like these winds of turmoil and these winds uh, of devastation are sweeping through economies and governments and politics and society um, itself. Um, and those winds are blown through the church as well. And I don't just mean our church, but actually the church worldwide. It's like there's been a lot of devastation and a lot of upheaval. There have been, you know, people that have been blown out of the kingdom of God. There's been people that have blown out of churches. There's been high-profile leaders worldwide who have been blown out of their uh, their platform that they were on. And it's been a really unsettling time for a lot of people. Would anyone agree with that? 
Yeah. Anyone else still feel like they're in a real place of where they feel a little bit unsettled and a little bit kind of uneasy and a little bit kind of, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Anyone else or is that just me? You know, whether it be church, whether it be family, whether it be finance, whether it be work, wherever it may be, it's like, what on earth is going on? These winds are blowing and, you know, I don't know what on earth to do or what is going on. Well, you know, when the wind is blowing and when the storm is blowing, it's important to ask, who is or what is the source of the wind? Um, there are some winds that the devil sends. You remember in the book of Job when a wind came and blew down the house that Job's kids were partying in and killed his kids. Who knows? That was not God who sent the wind that killed his family. That was the enemy sending that wind to strike that man of God. So sometimes the source of the wind is the devil. Sometimes the source of the wind is our own stupidity. You know, write the book of Acts, um, uh, sorry, the end of the book of Acts, uh, Paul is on a ship and, um, and they're kind of sailing along and he stands up with a prophetic word and he says to the ship's captain, I don't think it's a good idea to carry on the direction that we're going in. And the, the ship captain says, oh, shut up, Paul, what do you know? And they carry on and they run into a storm and the whole ship ends up getting broken up. That wasn't the devil, that was the captain's fault for not listening to the man of God. So sometimes when we're in a wind that's blowing us and there's destruction and turmoil and chaos and unsettling, sometimes it's the devil, sometimes it's our own fault or other people's fault. But let me read you this scripture in Nahum chapter 1 verse 2. It says, the Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes. He maintains his wrath against his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger, great in power. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. And listen to this. His way is in the whirlwind and the storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. His way. Whose way? God's way. It says that God's way is in the whirlwind. So not every whirlwind is the devil. Not every whirlwind is man. Sometimes God is in the whirlwind. Sometimes when we feel, and again, you can apply this to the church, you can apply this to your life, to your circumstance. Sometimes when it feels like there's a mighty wind that's shaking and blowing and things are being uprooted, sometimes that is not time to rebuke the devil. Sometimes actually that is God at work. The psalmist said that God rides on the wings of the wind. So sometimes the wind is God's vehicle. Sometimes the way that God moves is not kind of a, a nice, gentle kind of goosebump down the spine in worship. Sometimes the way that God works and the way that God moves is by sending a whirlwind. 
by sending a storm, by sending something that to us looks like chaos and looks like destruction and looks like disaster. Actually, God's saying, I'm in that. I'm the source of the whirlwind. I'm the one that is causing the upheaval. Um, uh, for those that were here a few weeks ago, we had a, um, a Wednesday night when Rachel Hickson was here. Um, was anyone at that, that night? Now, um, she said a lot of things that night, but one of the things that she said was um, that, that as, uh, as her and her team and a number of prophetic people have been kind of uh, praying over the state of the church, they really felt that this was a season of the wind. Who knows that the Holy Spirit moves in different ways. And of course, God, the Holy Spirit moves all the time in all kinds of different ways. But sometimes there are certain seasons where it's like God is emphasizing something specifically. So for those that were in church kind of in the 90s, it was like the river of God was flowing. And there was a lot of joy and a lot of just soaking in the presence of God and laughter and freedom. It was like this wonderful river of refreshing swept through the church. And then it was like we had a real season of fire where there was people, be, people shaking, people falling out under the power of God. Evangelists were coming up all over the place. Mass altar calls and there was a push for, for salvation and healing and all that kind of stuff. Now listen, we still need the river, amen? And the river is still flowing, amen? And we still need the fire and the fire is still falling. But what Rachel Hickson was saying was that she really felt that it was a season when God was emphasizing the wind of the Holy Spirit and that we need to be needed to be people that knew what it was to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit and be moved by the wind of the Holy Spirit. Throughout Scripture, we see that God often comes like a wind. And when He comes like a wind, He often brings judgment, He brings separation, He shakes, He uproots, He unsettles, and He redirects. So in Genesis chapter 8, after the flood, God sent a wind over the whole earth. The water steadily receded and the ark came to rest on Mount Ararat. In Exodus 14, God's people come to, um, to the, the river, and, um, or the sea rather, and there's no way across. And Pharaoh's army is coming up behind them. And Moses stretches out his hand and it says that God drove back the Red Sea with a strong east wind and the waters divided and God's people crossed through and then the water came and separated God's people from the Egyptians. God's people were saved and the Egyptians were judged. In 2 Kings chapter 2, Elijah and Elisha, these two prophets who had, um, who had walked together in ministry for all those years, one as the senior prophet and one as the apprentice, if you were, a whirlwind came and separated them. And Elijah uh, was taken and Elisha took up that mantle of leadership over the nation. In Psalm chapter 1, 
uh, wind separates the righteous and the wicked. It says that the righteous stand firm, but it says the wicked, like chaff, they're blown away. In the book of Jonah, God sends a great wind on the sea to redirect the prophet. The prophet's going in one direction and God sends a wind to get him back on track, back to Nineveh, back where God wanted him to be. In Matthew chapter 7, uh, Jesus tells a parable of two houses. One built on sand, one built on rock. And they both look fine, they both look like good houses, but then a wind comes. And when the wind comes, the one that is built on the right foundation survives. The one that's built on the wrong foundation collapses. And then I've already mentioned Acts chapter 27. Paul is on his way to Rome in a ship where it says a wind of hurricane force drove them in a different direction. The ship was broken up into pieces and Paul came to Malta, which was a place of transition for him. And he had a healing revival on Malta and then God sent him back on his way to Jerusalem, but in a completely different vehicle to the one that he had in mind originally. So whenever you see God sending a wind in the Bible, it's often um, to bring separation or to bring judgment or to bring direction. And I believe right now that all over the world, we can see the wind of God moving people. We can see the wind of God redirecting people. We can see the wind of God shifting and transitioning people and redirecting people. And who knows, that can be very unsettling, particularly if it's you that's being blown about. Or particularly if the people around you are being blown about. But we have to understand that this is the season of the wind. God is cleansing. God is judging. And who knows, judgment is not always a bad thing. Amen? Judgment is, we, all, we see judgment as bad because we see it through the eyes of punishment. But as we looked at this morning, if we see everything through the eyes of love, we realize that actually judgment is a good thing because God is driving out the things that are stopping us from fulfilling his purpose. So actually it's a good prayer to pray today, God would you judge me? God, would the wind of your judgment blow out anything in my thinking or anything in my heart that is stopping me from getting where you want me to go? The wind is bringing separation. The wind is moving people into new things and moving churches into new things. So we shouldn't be surprised in this season of the wind when God separates old connections, when God uh, breaks people out of old denominations or old networks and he blows people into new partnerships. We shouldn't be surprised in this season when the wind exposes those who are living in mixture and compromise and he shows those who are really pursuing righteousness and those who are living after the truth. God is wanting to separate those who just want church and those who really want a move of the Holy Spirit. God is separating out of the religious crowd a Jesus people. A people who are really going after 
prayer and going after the lost and going after uh, God's kingdom coming in our day and in our generation. So let us not be surprised at movement. Let us not be surprised at separation. Don't be surprised at leaders moving. Don't be surprised at people moving churches. Don't be surprised at people moving geographically to new towns or new villages or new cities. Don't be surprised when God shakes things and upholds and moves things and uproots things. It's the season of the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit. You can say amen, or you can say, help me, Jesus. How we handle the wind, we have, to, we have to know what it is, how to handle the season of the wind. Because who knows, handling the river and handling the fire is different to handling the wind. You remember in Matthew 8, Jesus is in the boat with his disciples and a furious wind comes and the boat is being battered and moved about and the waves are coming and all the disciples panic. But one person was not panicking, Jesus. Because Jesus knew how to handle the wind complete rest and complete trust because Father is in control. Amen? Jesus had said to his disciples, we're getting in the boat and we're going to the other side. Was a bit of wind going to cancel his word? No. Jesus stood up and he rebuked the wind and the waves. Now we all think that that's a good thing. We're like, Jesus, rebuke the wind and the waves, or we rebuke the wind and the waves. Do you know, it was never Jesus' intention to rebuke the wind and the waves. Jesus was having a sleep. He rebuked the wind and the waves because he's so kind and so loving, and he just wanted to shut the disciples up. But Jesus was perfect. It was the disciples that were panicking. And I really believe we're in a season, and I preach this to myself tonight. Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is in the church. Jesus is in my life. Don't panic. Trust him. Trust him. Yet it feel, uh, it's, the wind is blowing. But Jesus is in control. Amen. We have to know what it is to be at rest when the wind is blowing. You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Jesus had complete authority when the wind was blowing. Because his authority was not based on circumstance or being in control. His authority was found in Father God. Does anyone else hate it when you feel like you're not in control? Or is that just me? But G Jesus wasn't in control. The wind was blowing him about. But he had authority. Because his authority was found not in his ability to control the circumstance. His authority was found in his relationship with Abba. So God, no matter what is going on, I trust you. 
no matter what wind is blowing, I trust you and I hold on to your word and I hold on to your promises. Amen. Jesus said in John 3, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Everyone say everyone. Who knows? Everyone means you. Jesus said, everyone born of the Spirit is like the wind. You cannot tell where it comes from. Now, we're okay with that bit. But I don't like the next bit. You cannot tell where it's going. Now, that doesn't mean that we're kind of flaky people that are in a different church every week and we've got a different pastor every week and we've got a new prophetic word every week and a new kind of God's telling us something completely different this week from last week. That, does not what it, what, that is not what it means. We are rooted and established in love as we looked at this morning. We need to be rooted. We need to be established. But in the midst of that, we should never be in that place where we're safe, uncomfortable and stagnant we need to be open to the wind of the Holy Spirit moving us and blowing us into new areas of ministry into new areas of outreach into new uh, a new way of obedience we need to be continually people that are saying Holy Spirit move me today Holy Spirit, lead me today. Holy Spirit, guide me today. If we, if we ever get up and it's like, oh, just same old Christianity, we're not people of the Spirit. You know, in church, we, we can't be people that, yeah, we're not, you know, J, I think it's Book of James that talks about, you know, we're not people that are blown about with kind of, you know, everything that's happening. No, we're, we're rooted, we're established, we know where we're going, we know what God's saying. But at the same time, we don't want to get in a religious rut. We have to be people that it's, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do this morning? What do you want to do tonight? Holy Spirit, where are you leading? Where are you blowing? What are you saying? Amen. God help us to be people of the wind. You know, you meet so many Christians who it just feels like they're a little bit stuck. Let the wind, Jesus, unstick us or unstuck us. Why don't you pray that right now in your heart? If you feel stuck, God, let the wind of your spirit unstick me tonight. God, blow me where you want to blow me. Um, Book of Acts chapter 3 says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I don't know about you, but I think we're in a real season right now where many of us need refreshing. Anyone else or just me? You know, it's like we've been in a real season of dryness and a real season of just not much happening. And we can, I feel that many of us are still weary and exhausted and burnt out. We need the refreshing that comes from where? From, from the Lord. Not in a new structure or a new strategy or a new program or, or a new word or anything, but from him. 
from the Lord, it's from him, from his presence, that times of refreshing come. And what's really interesting is that that, that uh, phrase, times of refreshing in the Greek, it, mean, it, it, it means this, um, or can be translated like this, a cool breeze. So if you picture, you know... A, a red hot summer's day. I know we don't get too many of them, but and then you just f- catch that breeze for a moment. Isn't it a wonderful feeling? That's what it's saying here, that God's presence is like a cool, refreshing breeze. Now I want to pray in a moment that the cool breeze of the Holy Spirit would refresh you and revive you and restore you and you would leave this place tonight feeling so refreshed and so alive and so revitalized because of the refreshing wind that comes from him from his presence from the holy spirit Uh, keith green um sung many years ago rushing wind blow through this temple blowing out the dust within Come and breathe your breath upon me. I've been born again. Amen. Don't we need to pray that this evening? Rushing wind, blow through this temple, blowing out the dust within. Come and breathe your breath upon me. I've been born again. Hallelujah. Just a couple more scriptures. But Song of Songs says, Awake north wind, come south wind. Blow on my garden that its fragrance may spread everywhere. Let my beloved come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. There's a picture there of the believer, me and you. And it's a picture that that our life is like a garden. And and the, the, the beloved cries out, Come, east wind. Come, west wind. Blow. Blow into my life. Because I want my life to produce a fragrance. I want my life to produce fruit. I need the wind of God to blow on my life afresh. Anyone else? Now, again, I'll I'll pick on Marion because she's not not here. Um, But, you know, she came up to me, I think, last Sunday morning and just said, I am desperate for a fresh move of God. I thought, I want to be like that when I grow up. Anyone else desperate? I just think we're in a place right now where we need God's wind to blow. We need God come and blow on our garden. Come and blow on my life. Come and blow on Revive Church. Come and blow on this city and on this region, oh God. Blow over Kingswood, blow over Cottingham, blow over East Yorkshire. Mighty wind of God. Now, I want you to just notice something that she said in that verse, because I think this is, you can miss it, but it's really powerful. She said, blow on my garden, that its fragrance may spread everywhere. Blow on whose garden? My garden. But then this, let my beloved come into his garden and taste his choice fruits. Her language shifts and she says, blow on my garden. And then she suddenly has this realization, it's not my garden, it's his garden. And then the problem with chapters and verses 
is you get to the end of the chapter and you stop. But who knows, chapters aren't in the Bible. So keep reading. The next line is him speaking. And he says, I have come into my garden. My sister, my spouse. The shift came when she stopped referring to it as my garden. And she started to refer it to his garden. When we get to that place where we say, God, my life is yours. God, this church is yours. God, my ministry is yours. God, my family is yours. God, my finances are yours. God, my future is yours. Then God says, right. <laughs> Wind blowing time. Amen? Hallelujah. One final scripture and then I'm going to play this. And Again, I quoted it this morning. It seems like I quote it every week. John 20. The disciples are in the upper room with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. And it's like God has always taken me back to that scripture. I think it's such a picture of where the church is at. We were kind of gathered in our little groups with the doors locked, all scared and worried about COVID and about the government and about the economy and all this and all that. And Jesus turns up and says, peace be with you. We like that word, right? But then it says, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Then he said this, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. The wind came to shift them out into the harvest field, out into the world, out to bring God's kingdom wherever they were. Isn't that what we need right now? We need Jesus to turn up in the midst of his church and blow out all the fear and all the apathy and all the gloom and all the timidity and get us back doing what he's called us to do. Seeing a move of God. Seeing people saved. Seeing his kingdom come. Amen? Amen. I want to um, play this. The reason I, uh, this struck me kind of more than normal prophetic words. This is, um, I don't know if uh, who can remember the Brownsville revival back in the mid-90s. Uh, the pastor of that church, John Kilpatrick. Uh, this was a prophetic word he shared um, kind of online, uh, you know, uh, probably about a month ago. And the reason it struck me was um, it's about, primarily anyway, seems to be about England, um, which is good for us, right? But that's not why it struck me because um, John Kilpatrick never travels outside of America. He doesn't fly. Um, and so it struck me that for him to prophesy about a city and a nation that's outside of America, it must be God. Right, because, you know, we can all prophesy. You know, I can stand up and I can be like, God's going to send revival to Hull. It's like, well, I'm in Hull, so I want, I want that, amen. So, you know, but, you know, for me to prophesy about, you know, there's going to be a revival in Birmingham, 
I couldn't care less about Birmingham. Sorry, anybody that's from Birmingham. So if you ever hear me say there's going to be a revival in Birmingham, it's got to be God. So when I heard John Kilpatrick share this about, about London, about the UK, my ears immediately pricked up and I thought, okay, well, you know, this has got to be God speaking to him about this. So uh, this is about six, seven minutes long. Uh, just let this word really get in your spirit. And you, you, if you want to listen to it again after, it, it's online. On October the 18th, 2022, I had a dream. In the dream, I was walking along a particular boulevard in London and a man walked up to me and said, Pastor Kilpatrick, it's so good to see you. And he introduced himself and asked us to pray for a well-known apostolic leader of a significant church body in England. The apostolic leader was lying on a cot right there on the street. And several of us gathered around him and I asked what was wrong with the man and how we should pray. And they said, he's suffering from a spirit of infirmity. And I was not expecting that answer, but we began to fervently pray right there for him on the street. All of a sudden, something popped and snapped and that spirit just snapped right off of it. He was released from the spirit of infirmity. He immediately began to improve to the point that he fully recovered and was up walking around in no time. Those nearby that heard me pray over him and they also heard the pop, were caught off guard and amazed that the spirit of infirmity had popped off of them too. A strong wind began to blow on the streets of London, whipping through the city. It was not a destructive wind, but a strong supernatural wind. And I remember seeing the giant Ferris wheel called the London Eye. It's been credited with sparking a worldwide revival of Ferris wheel constructions. No power was hooked up to that Ferris wheel, but it began to turn. It wasn't operational by the power of a motor. The giant wheel was rotating by the power of the supernatural wind that was blowing from heaven. The ministers and religious leaders wanted to make sure that the people knew that the wind was not manufactured, so they brought other mechanisms on the sides of the streets to prove to the people that the power of the wind was not generated by man, but was a supernatural wind of the Spirit of God. They were very protective of the power of the Holy Spirit gripping their city, and they wanted nothing to distract from this wind of the Spirit. And I could see from a high vantage point that tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands of people were gathering in the streets below. The sight was stunning and the sounds were deafening. What was equally amazing was others on the streets were released simultaneously from the spirit of infirmity. And suddenly healings, miracles began to spread all along the streets quickly. Societal rejects, outcasts that didn't fit in because of their strange looks, began to come out of the buildings into the streets to see what was happening. Loud praises erupted as people started glorifying God in greater and greater numbers. It seemed revival had broken out right there on the streets of London. People emptied out of the hospitals into the streets with their gowns on and their IVs attached. 
They were glorifying God because they were instantly healed. Then I saw a sight that I'll never forget. Have you ever been driving through the country on a cold winter day and seen a vast number of birds rise up off the ground and fly together? You see their solid dark colors swim in the sky like a cloud. Then in unison, they will turn and it almost looks like they've disappeared. Well, in my dream, I looked up above the streets of London in the sky and I saw the same type display, but I feel sure it wasn't birds. It appeared more like a vast number of evil spirits, almost like bats lifting off the city. I heard voices crying out from the streets, look, COVID is lifting. Look, the plague is lifting off our city. And a deafening roar of praise broke out as the long dark night of the soul was finally broken off the city. I looked over and was startled to see the recently deceased queen. She stepped out from the shadows. She was rejoicing and weeping and saying, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. I prayed for this to happen for so many years and I'm so thankful that I have been allowed to see this. I wish it could have happened while I was still queen. As I awakened from my dream, I looked across my dark bedroom and my digital clock read 5.55. I really believe I had a God dream. I was trembling with great excitement on the inside, wondering what the purpose of the dream was. Well, I feel in my heart this is why I had the dream. I believe healings are about to break forth in the mighty name of Jesus. These healings will take place in large cities and small, in churches, fellowships, prayer gatherings, throughout the nations of the earth. The satanic grip of the spirit of infirmity and the crippling spirit of depression and heaviness that came with COVID is now lifting. In the book of Acts chapter two, there was also the distinct sound of a powerful wind. Acts two said, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Let it be so, Lord Jesus. On this day, October the 23rd, 2022, I want to boldly make this proclamation. The spirit of infirmity is being broken. And I also declare in Jesus' mighty name that healings and miracles be loosed. May this powerful wind of the Holy Spirit blow upon us all. Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we stand together tonight and worship team, can you come up? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me just read this script, two scriptures and then we're going to pray. 
we all know Ezekiel 37, the Valley of Dry Bones. I'm not going to read the whole um, thing because uh, I think we're all familiar with it. But in verse 9, God said to the prophet, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. And say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, uh, come from the four winds of breath and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our homes are dried up, and our hope is gone, and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel that you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Hallelujah. And then, again, another passage that we're so familiar with. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Amen. I don't know about you, but we need a move of God. We need the mighty wind of heaven to come and blow in our nation, to blow in this region, to blow in our churches and to blow in our lives. Come on, would you pray with me right now? Come on, let's just begin tonight. Let's just have a bit of a prayer meeting tonight for a few minutes. Let's just begin right now by praying into that vision uh, that we've just heard from John Kilpatrick. Let's pray right now for a mighty move of the miraculous right now in fact right here in this building um uh, not next week the week after we're starting healing rooms on a on a tuesday afternoon and open to to the community for people to come uh, and receive healing prayer come on let's pray right now for a mighty move of miracles right now a mighty move of healing oh jesus Come on, you just lift your voice right now.